One day soon, Pastor Ray Bentley says, out of a great darkness, a great light will shine. And out of that Shekinah light and glory will appear Jesus. And literally heaven comes to the earth. For those who are believers, it's a day of rejoicing as we have never done before. And for those who do not know the Lord, you can imagine a day of great terror and a day of great fear. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. In a day of great technical marvel, it's not surprising to us that the whole world could hear breaking news all at once. But when Jesus returns, he won't need social media or cable news. He'll have his own way of allowing every eye to see his glory. Today, Pastor Ray gives us a snapshot of what's to come. Luke chapter 21, I'm going to take another section of verses from Luke chapter 21, the Olivet Discourse, where Jesus is giving the signs of his coming, the signs of the end of the age. Beginning in verse 20, Jesus says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. And let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant And to those who are nursing babies in those days, for there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. All right, now I wanted, we're gonna look at basically two sections. First of all, let me say about, as it talks about the heading that I have in my Bible, says the destruction of Jerusalem. Now, in the overall context, uh, Jesus is answering several questions, which I, I put, the answer to all three of their questions at the end of your notes, so you can have it simply there. But this first section, verses 20 through 24, Jesus is actually not talking about the end of days, he's talking about that very generation of the apostles themselves and the destruction of the city of Jerusalem and the destroying of the temple on the Temple Mount 
that would come, as we now know, looking back in history, in 70 AD. So again, verse 20, he says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea, that's where Jerusalem is, is the Judean wilderness area, which is in the south, uh, a very dry area where Jerusalem is on the edge of the desert. He said, now flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. And let those who are in the country not enter into her. So if you're a Jew and you're outside of the land, don't come in. And if you're in the land, get out. Literally leave not only Jerusalem, but when it's talking about going to the mountains, that's heading uh, in a direction. The mountains are uh, towards Jordan. For these are the days of vengeance that all things that are written shall be fulfilled. And then he says now, and he asks the, the believers, the Jewish believers, to begin praying that they, they would not be in a pregnancy at that time. Um, there's going to be great distress in the land. There's going to be great wrath, anger poured out on the Jewish people. They'll fall by the edge of the sword by these armies. Uh, in one of the other gospels, he says, pray that it's not in winter. And then they're going to be led captive to all nations. Jerusalem then will be trampled by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Jesus gives his, the disciples the sign that would mark the time when Jerusalem was about to be destroyed. And this sign is pretty simple and straightforward. The sign was the surrounding of the city of Jerusalem by the Roman armies, the Roman legions. Now, this was not the first time that the city of Jerusalem was destroyed. If you have read the Old Testament, in particular the book of Daniel, you know that the Babylonians came and destroyed uh, the city of Jerusalem rather in 586 BC. And that was the first time that the times of the Gentiles really began to rule and to reign there in Israel. That was the start of the times of the Gentiles in the days of the Babylonians. And even though you know, they had come back from the land and they had repatriated, they rebuilt the temple, uh, Herod had done a lot to add to that, but they were still under the thumb of Gentiles ever since 586 BC. So there the Romans are. And this long period of time, the times of the Gentiles, is where there is pressure or some form of control by the Gentiles upon Israel and in particular upon Jerusalem. And, and literally the times of the Gentiles and the purpose of, of all of this phrase is that it's thwarting the will of God. The will of God would be that the leaders, the kings, the presidents, the prime ministers, and the premiers of the nations would humble themselves. They would accept and believe in the Abrahamic covenant, the fulfillment of which is Jesus as the Messiah, and lead all the nations to go to Jerusalem and bow down and, and profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we encourage all of our nation's people and from every nation, language, kindred, and tribe, bow your knee and confess that Jesus is Lord. How many think that would be a great thing? How is that going right now? Not very, very well. So the times of the Gentiles, they have their own plans and they have their own ideas. And it's no mystery what the plan of the Gentiles is. Rather than fulfilling the Abrahamic covenant, first of which would be to bow the knee and confess that Jesus is Lord, then secondly, to honor the Abrahamic covenant means to bless the people of Israel, that God gave to them this land, and he gave them this land so the Messiah would come, and ultimately it wasn't just about blessing the Jews, but through them, as Jesus said in John chapter four, verse 22, 
uh, to the Samaritan woman, salvation has come through the Jewish people. So the idea was not just to bless the Jews. The chosenness of the Jews was to bring the Messiah and through the Messiah to bless all the nations of the world. Even the Abrahamic covenant was, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And through you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. That's the will of God, which means that there is a holy city and holy, not only H-O-L-Y, but a whole city, W-H-O-L-E, with Jesus as Lord. The world solution, and the prophets told us this 2,500 years ago, is to, as what we like to call, cut the baby in half. Remember the story of Solomon? There were two women, each one had a baby, and then one rolled on hers and it died, and so then that woman ran and took the other lady's baby, and it's mine, and your baby's the one that died, and so they're yelling and screaming. They get in before Solomon. He's a young king. What should he do? And he goes, I know, take out a sword, cut the baby in half, give half to this woman and half to that woman. One woman goes, hmm, I'm good with it. And the other woman says, no, I'll give the baby up to her. Then Solomon in his wisdom said, aha, the woman that was willing to cut the baby in half, she's not the mom. The woman that was willing to give the baby up, who loved the child, that's the mom. Give the baby to her. World's solution. There is a baby that, that is very precious to God called Jerusalem, the holy city. By the way, one of the reasons it's so precious to God in heaven, that's the place he sent his son to be crucified, executed, nailed to the cross, died, buried, bloodshed, and resurrected on that mountain. Do you think that mountain's precious to God? And the world's best solution is they want to cut the baby in half. And they believe that will bring peace. What the prophet said is the minute you cut that in half, it's going to bring the worst, last, greatest battle called Armageddon the world has ever seen. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would survive. And they're pushing very hard and fast with worldly wisdom to cut it in half. Well, the times of the Gentiles will ultimately end when Jesus Christ returns to the earth and destroys all godless power and sets up his own righteous kingdom. Now, by Jesus' warning, he gave the believing Jews a sign, when you see the soldiers, and it would be the Roman soldiers surrounding Jerusalem, you're to leave the city, flee outside the land of Israel. Did you know that church history, and one of the early church historians, his name was Eusebius, actually describes that there were prophecies also given in the early believing church that said, get out of Jerusalem as soon as you see Roman soldiers beginning to surround the city. And believers who were Jewish and who listened to Jesus and the other New Testament prophets fled the land before 70 AD and their lives were spared. Josephus tells us that when the Romans finally came in, uh, that over one million Jews lost their lives as Titus the Roman came in to level the city. Then they destroyed the temple. Over a million people, Josephus was there as an eyewitness says, died. And upon leaving, uh, Titus took with him over 100,000 Jews into captivity. And from that moment on, Jews were scattered to the four winds, north, south, east, and west around the world. But not one of the Hebrew Christian community died because of their obedience to the words of the Messiah. Now, why I think that this is very important to, you know, you say, well, a nice, interesting history lesson from the past. But as I have mentioned, this event was a dress rehearsal for what will happen again in the days the Bible describes as the tribulation. 
Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them. What a blessing it was to be taught by Pastor Ray. He is greatly missed. But Pastor Ray's son, Daniel, has taken the reins and is doing great work in teaching God's Word. I can see the Holy Spirit burning in Pastor Daniel, and I am proud to support and be led by him as my teacher. May God's hand continue to rest on Daniel as we pray for the entire Bentley family. These teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 through 12 is an interesting scripture talking about in the midst of that mysterious time called the tribulation. I'd like for you to read it with me. Uh, Revelation 12, beginning in verse 10. Let's read it out loud. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. The verses right prior to that talk about a big battle warfare in heaven, Michael and his angels, and they fight with the dragon, which is the devil. And at some point during the tribulation, Satan is kicked out of heaven. Now, since the days, if you've read the book of Job, since the days of Job, do you remember that God was bragging about, have you noticed my servant Job? And the devil is there with access to the presence of God and says, well, no wonder. So look, you surround him with benefits and blessings. Who wouldn't love you? But how do you know that he really loves you from your heart? And so begins that whole saga in chapter one of God saying, well, you can do, you know, do this, but you can't take his life and, and touch him. And so the point of all that is that God has allowed this fallen angel known as Lucifer access into his presence and to accuse the brethren. Who are the brethren? The brethren are believers in Jesus Christ. But there is a period about seemingly halfway into the tribulation period where God says, all right, that's it, I've had it. Michael, let it go. And they fight. The devil gets kicked out of heaven, finally. And then where does he go? I mean, heaven's rejoicing. Well, who? we don't have to listen to that anymore. But then they look down as he descends and falls to the earth and they go, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. The devil's now come down to you and he is furious for he knows he has but a short time. I believe we are getting closer to those days where the devil is getting furious and you know, to think about it, even if the devil personally is not on earth, it's just his minions and his underlings, how many agree it's, it's nasty enough already? God forbid when he comes personally down here, but he has but a short time and the good news is we've already overcome him. It's not like we have to fight and it's already done. The devil, if you're in Jesus Christ, Jesus already defeated the devil. It's done. It's not that we have to fight for victory. We fight from victory. And so 
but for the world. This is an hour where God is shaking the earth and it is a season where the whole gospel is going around the whole world. And God is shaking the earth more and more and, and his purpose is, you know when you shake a tree to get all the fruit out of it. <laughs> God is shaking the earth. Now yes, you know, nature is doing this and that and in the spiritual world the devil's trying to do this and that but the one who is controlling the shaking literally is the arms of the Lord himself and he is shaking it to get fruit. And that fruit is that he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge that Jesus is our Savior and Lord. And so the, the, the joy is the blood of the Lamb. You don't boast about your own goodness, your own righteousness, your own works. You just go, Jesus, the blood of the Lamb and their testimony. My testimony is, I was blind, but now I see. I was a wretch, but now I've been saved. Amen? And it's all about Jesus. And that they love not their lives even to the death. These are those in the tribulation who are willing even to lay down their lives because my last breath on earth is followed by my first breath, breath and taste of heaven and cannot wait to be with him. So this was a dress rehearsal for the last days. And the ultimately Jesus said, when these things begin to take place, Lift up your heads for your redemption draws nigh. Jesus is coming and he is coming back soon. Now, verses 25 through 28. Now we go to the future. I believe our near future. So we've answered that question. What would happen to the generation that saw Jesus? Now, verse 25, and there will be signs. So we're going all the way to the second coming. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh or near. So here's what Jesus describes as he goes all the way to the future, to the believers living in the last generation, in the end of days. And I believe that you and I are the last generation. I believe that soon and very soon, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven will de facto be upon the earth and Jesus will be ruling and reigning in Jerusalem. And Jesus says that during the, toward the end of the tribulation, there will be a total blackout from earth of any of the lights by which we see. The sun's light will not get through. The moon's light at night will not be seen. The stars themselves will not be visible. It is a total blackout for every human being that is upon the earth by the very end. Matthew 24, I put in two verses, verses 29 and 30. Uh, this is a parallel passage from another gospel that makes it clear as well. Let's read Matthew 24, verse 29 and 30 out loud. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. So in speaking about this very same event that Luke is talking about, as we compare Luke and Matthew, Jesus Christ 
stated that preceding the sign of the second coming, there will be this total blackout of the earth. There is no light, no natural light that penetrates from the earth or or on the earth from the sun or the moon or the stars. And as a result of that, Jesus follows that up saying that there is perplexity on the earth as both physical, natural things as well as non-physical things are shaken in anticipation of the coming of the Lord. So immediately after the tribulation of those days, there is this total blackout, no light penetrating, and out of this total blackness and total darkness will be followed by a sudden, glorious, tremendous light that will pierce and penetrate through the universe and envelop the entire earth 360 degrees, north, south, east, and west, every continent to every last human being, this blinding, piercing, glorious light that is called the Shekinah glory of God. Total darkness is followed by blinding light, and that light, the Hebrew word for it, is Shekinah. That is what will come. And out of that Shekinah light and glory will appear Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. And he will come and every eye will see him and he comes with 10,000 times 10,000 of his saints and literally heaven descends and comes to the earth. For those who are believers, it's a day of rejoicing as we have never done before. And for those who do not know the Lord, you can imagine a day of great terror and a day of great fear. So the answer to the disciples' questions, what shall be the sign of thy coming and of these things that you told us about Jerusalem and of the end of the age? Here are the answers. The sign of the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple is when Jerusalem is surrounded by the Roman armies. It happens, 70 AD fulfilled, a dress rehearsal for the end of days. Secondly, the sign of the end of the age has come upon the world is actually world war. Jesus, when he said, nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, that is a Hebrew idiom phrase meaning world war. Jesus said world war is the sign that the end of the age has come upon the earth. And that began to be fulfilled during this last century in 1914 through 1918 with World War I. World War II, which most historians would say was a continuation of World War I, was from 1939 really, to 1945. And there's, I believe, probably uh, this one last one that we know of as Armageddon that is somewhere in the future. The sign of the second coming will be the Shekinah glory breaking through a worldwide blackout. So those are the three questions. Those are the three answers, basically, that Jesus gave. And so, amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Clear biblical insight on what's to come from the Lord's end times plan as Pastor Ray Bentley has led our study in the Gospel of Luke today on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, The Signs of His Coming, Part 2. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. 
Also, click the word media and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo. Three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.